listening to the real WTH library. What's up, everybody? Don't interrupt me, Tommy. This is not the real WTH show. This is the real WTH library. Exactly. Uh, Welcome back. I mean, it's been a while. Has it not? For us, yes. Yeah, a long time. Um, As you can see here, my notes end at chapter 37, Tommy. Oh, no. I have have nothing written, but I just read this today. And this this book has given me mixed emotions. I, I, I love it, but I hate it. Yeah. So, um, I don't, what chapter are we starting with? I got to go back to that. I believe we're starting with 35 today. Good, sir. So we are on chapter 35 of play dead by Ted Decker. And this is the final episode. And, um, just so you guys know, this has been a wild ride for me, at least I, I, I've enjoyed this book and, um, I've found out that I hate taking notes on books that I'm reading, (laughs) (laughs) but I have to because of this podcast. Did you say 35? Yes. Okay. Um, three, six, three. I I hate taking notes on books I'm reading because I, I just want to read it. Mm -hmm. And, and this is one of those books that just gets you on the cliffhanger to the next chapter. And you're like, I got to keep reading. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I need to write something down so that I can remember what I read. But uh, I'm the same way. Uh, I sometimes there was a couple of times during this book where I would read the whole chapter that I would just write down what I learned remembered. from that chapter. What I yeah. remember, but then I'm like, then then you would talk about the chapter. I'm like, man, I need to pay more attention to detail. So now when I read it, if I th- write, I'll write something down that I think is significant as I'm reading. And then yeah. I come up with these massive amount of um, notes that I, that I have. But this has been a while. I, I what's it been like a month maybe, since we did an episode? A month and a half or so. Wow. Wait, since we did an episode? Yes. Oh no no it's been it's been uh it's been a, it's, yeah maybe a month at least three weeks. Yeah it's it's been in there. So um let's let's go over chapter thirty four um Angie. Wow, this is similar to other chapters. Uh, she goes to Red Protocol, convinces Jake Barnes to let her in to go back to the VR. Um, she uses the possibility of finding a cure for Barnes as her leverage. Um, then um, it splits off and goes to Randy because this is after they left the cabin, correct? Yeah, they they okay. split up, and then Randy went to the police headquarters. Yeah, so he goes to talk to Renee. I forget her last name, but Renee, which Dalton. is the Renee chief, Dalton, Renee Dalton, the chief of police. Is that correct? Yes, she's she's the head honcho. That's what we're gonna say of of the the big cheese, if you yeah. will. Um, he tries to convince her of the plot to frame Jamie. That involves the governor and Andrew Olson, who is the DA. Yeah. Um, so that's that's where we left off. And this this chapter 35 is a doozy. 
Like this could be a whole episode by itself, I think. Yeah, it's <laughs> and this was a hard chapter. It um, it, it was. I, I actually I believe I uh I called you and I said, Hey, is there, I, I, it's either in this chapter or the next? I said, Hey, can you explain this on the podcast? Cause I think I think I have an idea because you're explain this. And I, I sat there while I was reading this today because I had to read it like a second and third time to be able to get to it. I I told Morticia, which if you guys don't know, that is um, my wife. She changes names very often. Yeah. Um, I told her, I said, I don't know if I can put into words what this book says in this chapter. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. But it has, I feel like it has so many life lessons in it. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, so in this chapter, it starts off with Angie. She goes back to Convergence um, to try and get Barnes to let her back in to Red Protocol. Um, Barnes tells her before that, okay, he, I'm going to have to do a complete brain wipe of you. And this could end up leaving you in a vegetative state. So basically in a coma. He's, yeah, he's basically saying <clears throat> they're calling it like a fracture. Yeah. Um, it's like putting the brain in a coma basically. Yeah. Um, so when, so it leads up, I mean, there's, there's some small talk in there, but it leads up to Angie sitting there on the table, ready to go into the red protocol. He tells her that, and she starts panicking and then she ends up going in. Cause he tells her that like, right as she's, she's about to go into the red protocol and then she gets in there. And she all of a sudden feels like this isn't such a big deal. I feel like, you know, he could make me a vegetable, but it's not a big deal. And then she sees uh, Jamie in the white room, like right away. Boom. He's there. She finds out that he is in fact going to the white room when he sleeps so so she finds out that Jamie is is going to the white room when he sleeps and we find out later on that this is something that Jake Barnes didn't completely know about um we'll get into that later Jake Barnes plays a big role in this story um later before on we, before we go any further because we were talking about the fracture that's why I was uh seemed a little distracted for a second uh, I believe uh, this was Jake saying this. The last, this is, uh, uh, if you're reading the book, it's on page 364. It says, the last time you were in, the last time you were in, we rebooted your mind, apparently to no effect. The only way to do this properly now is to do an initiate, is to initiate a full wipe. I've never pushed anyone to brain death, but it might be the only way to know if the white room can be breached. The wipe will either make you or break you. <clears throat> So I found that being pretty significant. Basically, this is a pretty important part of the book because, yeah, you know, like what you're saying, she could be in a vegetative state. Yeah, which, oh man, this book gets good towards the end, but bad in my yeah. eyes. Yeah, not not in a bad way. Good but bad, but not bad. If that's a thing. Um, so they realize. They have to open the needle gate or bad things are going to happen. 
Um, so Jamie um, starts to help her. Um, they look through each of the books. There's three books in there. One has stick figures. Is that the first one? Uh, I think so. It was uh, stick figures. Then there was the one with the, the numbers. Numbers and then something else. Geometric shapes. Just shapes. Oh, was yes. colors one? Was colors one? Maybe that's in the geometric thing. Okay. Yeah. I don't Good. I don't remember. Um so uh they end up, you know, taking the eye out of the first book, opening up the image maker gate, which they've done before, which they can go through with the, the second book, and that show that's like a code of their memories from their past. So she can see memories through through the second book. And the third book they start looking through um, and they they realize that there's geometric shapes and there's a, a butterfly in there yeah. towards the end. And that one is glowing now. Um, so they're like, oh, that hasn't happened before. And Jamie ends up figuring out like you take the eye from the first book put it into because um i don't i don't know if i'm explaining this right but it's like a before, really hard chapter to explain it, it is so before you could take the eye from the first book put it into the image maker gate and that would project the scene before you and you, then with the second book you could you could pick which scene you want to look at which I is it's, i think it's memories there's there were two paths to follow one was to navigate the image maker gate and find the yep. scenes of her as a child that would shed light on who she really was the other was to work only the needle gate with the hope that the full truth would be unveiled beyond it so they end up taking the eye from the first book placing it into the head of the butterfly in the third book and that is what makes the the line of glowing light from the needle gate that's going into the image make this is so confusing as yeah, i'm saying it, it. It, that's why i wanted you to explain this one <laughs> <laughs> so the the needle gate is projecting a beam through the image maker gate that is showing the scene through the through the image maker gate once they take the eye from the first book to the third book where the butterfly is and put it on the head of the butterfly, which it fits perfect. They say, um, the beam becomes bigger, like six to eight inches or something like that in diameter instead of like an inch. So it, it becomes bigger. And then, um, they realize like life, people go through life and they, they see themselves as this person. They have to live up to these expectations. And if you don't, then you basically disappoint yourself and bring that on yourself. They realize that with the picture of the butterfly, a butterfly starts as a caterpillar. And then it goes into a cocoon, liquefies itself, itself then becomes reborn changes into a butterfly comes out and has a new perspective on life. That's exactly where I'm, I'm, I'm look, I have my finger right where you're saying it says, what do we know about butterflies? They come from caterpillars who crawl on the ground, but a butterfly sees the whole world from up high. 
Yeah. So it's kind of like you start down the bottom and then at the very end. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> I think it's kind of like, I, I think that's a, it's like a metaphor for like, yeah, we don't know why certain things happen, but at the end, we'll be able to look down and see a bigger picture of why things exactly. happen. Exactly. So they do this and, and Angie realizes like she needs to surrender to the light. Um, so she looks back to, to ask Jamie something and Jamie's gone, which she realizes he must've woke up because he, he only enters the white room while he's sleeping. Um, so she decides before she loses her nerve, she needs to go into light. So she goes in and this, this light beam is intimidating. It's, it's crackling with energy. It's big. She feels like she's going to get burned alive when she goes in, but she ends up going in. She goes into it expecting to feel pain. She feels no pain. It's just a bright light. And then all of a sudden from the white light, she gets a picture of the image maker gate, but the mask on it, instead of the mask that she saw, becomes her own face. Mm-hmm. And, and then the light starts burning away that mask of her face and once that starts happening she starts screaming and um she can see all of her memories everything that happened to her in life flooding back into her face she sees it in like she was really there um this is uh i don't know i felt like this was this was a metaphor for something good, but I couldn't figure out what what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it when I started seeing this and it was burning it away, and then she ends up saying, uh, "Oh shoot, I have it written down somewhere." She is she says caterpillars become butterflies, they become. Re- oh shoot, I didn't write down the whole quote. Dang it! One of us near where I was reading because. I was on 368. It's um, it's right before it says she surrenders. So playing dead is dying and to what is known to Reno is something else, which is what the butterfly does. No, it's not it. Um, and this book is represented by fractal geometry, infinite pattern. So it's probably before the... It, w- uh, it was towards the end. What page are you on? 368. Caterpillars become butterflies. There we go. That's um, it. She thought they are reboron. Okay. So the white, she room, reali- the white room was her cocoon. Yes. So she realizes caterpillars have to surrender to this to become liquefied and be reborn into a butterfly. And that's when she surrenders to the light. And at that point, once she surrenders, her fear of like, oh, um, Jake Barnes is going to make me a vegetable. Or if I surrender the to this i'm gonna die that fear disappears yeah and that that is chapter 35 in a very small nutshell there's so much more to that yeah there there's so much more people if if you're listening to this i mean there might not be that many people listening to this because this is a uh what do you call it very niche it Um, is yes a niche 
type of podcast, but this book is, um, is, is very good for, I guess, just people in general. Like, yeah, it, 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 you think about your life and then you can put it into all the stories in this book. Like there's Angie, there's Andrew Olson, there's, there's Renee Dalton, there's Randy, like anyone could fit into the, there's Susan Milton, you mm-hmm. know, anyone could fit into any of those characters. Right. And this is their life right now. Um, I just like, I, I love this book for that reason, because it, it can connect to a lot of different people. Yeah. Um, so after that, we get into chapter 36, where it goes back to Jake Barnes at Convergence. And he's, we realize that at this point, Jake Barnes has been controlling every aspect of Angie's life, um, mostly of Jamie's life. Um, we realize that he has which I thought in the beginning he had a bigger role to play, but I, I didn't think it would take this long to figure that out. Um, but uh, he's, he's controlled everything from the Oak Hills murders to Angie's parents dying. And then um, he ends up in the end deciding that Angie has figured out how to get to the white room. She's figured out all this stuff. It's too big of a risk for her to be able to live anymore. So he decides Angie needs to basically, he needs to make her a vegetable. Yeah. Which, which he hinted at in the beginning of the other chapter, chapter 35. But it, you can tell now that he knew that was what he was going to in the end. In this chapter, it says, uh, Angie was subject one, the very first child he'd introduced yeah. to full immersion. She'd come from Lithuania. Mm-hmm. So basically right here, we're learning about Angie's background that we yep. didn't know anything about the whole book. She'd come from Lithuania, an orphan facing a life of suffering in a cruel world. So it's very similar to Jamie. Um, she was only three when she had taken, uh, when he'd taken her into the safety of his care and opened her mind to virtual worlds for days and weeks at a time, thus unveiling her. She was uh, 24 years old when uh, the technology was still in its, in its infancy, but Angie had responded more profoundly than any other subjects besides Jamie Hamilton. There had always been something unique about each of them. So basically, they're like destined to like have met each yeah. other. And you find out later in a chapter, I think, why that is. So at that point, after, after Jake Barnes decides like Angie can't live anymore, basically, because she's too much of a risk. Uh, Megan, I forget her last name, but the the secretary type person that always escorted Angie into the room and stuff like that. She shows up, looks at the monitors and says, what, what happened? You know, like you, is she a vegetable? Uh, Jake Barnes says, oh, Angie did this to herself in Red Protocol. So he covers his tracks and say like, hey, it wasn't my fault. But it really yeah. was like mm-hmm. he did that on purpose. Um, and then at that point, when they're they're talking back and forth, all of a sudden, boom, Angie just disappears, and that's that's did, the end of this chapter. Did you um, 
I there might be um I'm not sure because I haven't read any of this there's a tie-in to a another Ted Decker book in this chapter what does it say um let me see I, I mean hopefully you've read it I think you have I have I, I, yeah, I just one. read it I, I think I remember something and I was going to write it down, but I just kept reading and, and forgot about it. It says with abandon, he pursued deep spiritual realization, thinking maybe he was bumping up against a spiritual reality spoken of by the mystics. Yep. Yep. I remember that. Okay. Part. So there's another book called so, was it the 49th mystic 49th. Yep. Yeah. So I saw that. I was like, Ooh, I wonder if Wilson's, uh, I wonder if Wilson caught that. So yep. Decker's books, a lot like uh, Stephen King and stuff, they tie into each other at some point. And everything. I, which I is, saw that. It's crazy because he writes everything from sci-fi fantasy to murder mystery to like th the whole gamut. He, yeah. He writes everything, but he ties everything in somehow. Right. Um, so chapter 37, do you have notes on that? Because I have, I have nothing. I, do. I don't remember what happened in that chapter. What does it start with? Uh, Jan, uh, Angie woke up in the virtual world um, and then she walked down. And so, okay. I remember <clears throat> this. Okay. So this was, I, I have a bunch of um, names in here that okay, good to other names. Good, I haven't because down. I didn't, I didn't write that. Okay. Down. So Angie ends up waking up. She's in a room. She exits the room and real, realizes like this is something familiar to me. She walks down the hallway and ends up in a room with a bunch of other people at a table. One of them is who she knows as her mother, which mm -hmm. in this reality really is her mother. Then she sees like Randy, Felicia, um, who else? Judith. The, the governor of Texas, the governor of Texas, um, Derry, she sees him. Yeah. So all these people are sitting around the table and she realizes like in this. So the, the, uh, what do they call it? The practice. Uh, I can't really remember. I think what, it's the practice. Yeah. I can't remember. That sounds about right. Oh, you're talking about, um, what they called the earth. No, 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 no. They call that prime. Yeah, prime. Um, so I, the, I can't remember the, what they called it. The VR is the practice, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, so she's she starts to get all these memories floating back of like her mother's not really dead. Uh she didn't die in a car accident or whatever it was in um what what they call the practice, which is a virtual reality which is what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, they're in a, a VR, um, but it, it changes the game here. Yeah. Um, so you have Angie's mom, and but her name is really Eve. Yeah, and they called her Eve. Yeah, Angie's name is really Eve, and her mom is basically like Jake Barnes yeah. in a way. Um, he's in charge of, what do they call it? Oh, it's, it's, it's just the practice. So like red protocol to Jake Barnes is, um, uh, Angie's mom to the practice. So the, she, she figures out that the practice is this VR reality that people go into to prepare themselves for the real world, which they call prime, which is earth. Um, and people go 
to the practice to figure out things in life. So when they come back, they can practice those things that they learn there in prime. Mm -hmm. Um, so she figures out like dairy is actually like some scientist or something. Or, I, I can't I don't remember know. their exact job titles. I only have like their names. Well, someone was a, um, I think it was, a um, Teo was like a, a janitor. Yep. Teo was a janitor. Yeah, so was so, Jake Barnes. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's weird. So a lot of these roles like just reversed. Yeah. It's, it's weird because you think like Jake Barnes is such a pivotal person in this, but really he's just a janitor in the other world. Um, but you, you go through this and you figure out like all these things like um, Angie, who is Eve, had a crush on, I think his name is Daniel. Is that correct? Uh, Daniel equals Randy. Yes. So Angie in, in Prime had a crush on Daniel for like 10 years i think it was and she'd only known the person who played as dairy in in uh the virtual reality for maybe a couple months i think it was but she you find out that um these people can um set up their life before they go into the practice so they can they can say, hey, this person's going to be this, this person's going to be that to me, um, and then they go in, but they have no memory mm -hmm. of what they set up. They just think that this is real life. So we go through that, and then um, Angie's mom ends up taking her and saying, "You're the first one that has made it through the white room." So uh, let's go back. I forgot about this part. So the only way to get out of the practice is to die. Yeah. Unless you get to the white room and you leave before you die. And that is what Angie did. She left the practice before she died. Mm -hmm. um, and so Angie's mom says, hey, you're the first one. And Angie looks at her and says, I'm not the first one, am I? You're the first one. And she says, yeah, you're right. I've done it. Um, but now she gets this realization as to um, the people in the practice, when they come out, they're, like we said, they're supposed to um, take what they learned in the practice into the world now. But based on what's happening in the practice, the world is going to end in 20 years, basically. So, man, this is so hard to explain. So I'm enjoying hearing you explain it. it. It's so hard. So Angie says, so what do I need to do? She's, she's been thinking in, in the real world, absent of the, the practice that she's going to take over in her mom's footsteps. And she's like, what do we need to do here? And, and her mom's like, no, what we need to do is have you go back in and be my part in the practice. So Angie's like, okay, let's do it. But then she realizes if she goes back in there in the real world, she goes into basically a coma and will never wake up. Yeah. And and at this point, she also realizes Jamie 
is the character of her father. Yep. That is being played in the practice. And her father is someone who is a philanthropist that's in some other country that she sees often um, in the real world. Man, this is so confusing. I have Barnes was a janitor named William. Mateo yep. was Frank, who was also a janitor. Yep. And it says, because uh, it's so confusing the way we talk about this, because when we say the real world and virtual, um, it's it's harder to explain that um, verbally than it is when, when you like, it see might it be easier if we say like the practice is what we've known prime is the actual real world okay because i have angie is going back into the real world which is virtual and then okay um and and is prime so i have a couple things written here that that i was needing um some explanations on so last chapter we're talking about butterfly uh is the butterfly image you know how it said the the cocoon the yeah um and all that and then being reborn or something else is that essentially baptism it could be they don't they don't say that in the book but yes it, it could be i was thinking of it as like a baptism like it's especially when you when because later on in the book it 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 goes back i think yes it okay. could be and then, and then, so then that's why I say is prime heaven. I don't think so. Okay. Cause it kind of seems like it could be, it could be, but I, 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 based on the ending of the book that I know, I don't think it is. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much what happens in that chapter. We'll, we'll, we'll keep moving along here. What does 38 start with? Um, it says, or did uh, we go past that? I don't know. You might, have, no you, you, you might have covered some things in here. I think Angie awoke, um, in Claire Milton's house. Oh, no, 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 that's 38. That's what I just said. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, and then, um, so again, everyone has different names, so it's like, was it Saul became Paul? All Claire, that stuff. Claire Milton was a like basically worker for in the real world of Prime. Mm -hmm. She she was a worker that came in and like gave out some like like fruit and cheese trays or something. I love cheese trays. Me too. Um, and it says Susan was Kristen in Prime, and uh, yes, and then uh, Angie got some clothes from Susan's closet. Yes, and then so now uh, Angie's basically uh, on her way to see Randy. Um, or oh Daniel. oh we for, we forgot this 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 huge thing so angie basically goes to her mom and says i'm ready to do this she's ready to go back into uh the practice um but she she knows like she's gonna be a vegetable in the real world um but her mom gives her a disc Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. The, the disc, uh, it, I, it, basically, it, it, it shows her more things that she can know about the practice. Yeah. Now, does that disc that goes on her head, right? It. There was a green one that went on her head for for the practice. This is a red one, and okay. I, I. I don't know what the significance is, but it says right here, Angie's on her way to the police station to meet uh, Randy. 
um, Randy and Olsen have a, a press conference um, before they arrest her for killing Mateo. But so, so Angie, she goes to Susan Melton's house, recovers a, a drive that has everything. This is the drive that they've been looking for that uh, Claire that, Melton. That proves Jamie's innocence, right? Uh, somewhat. Yeah. Or, or at least kind of. of in the killing of um, that he was home during the time of the murders at Oak Hill. Kind of. Um. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it, it you have to you have to play into the the writing later to figure that out. Yeah. So she picks up a disc in Susan Milton's house that um, basically shows everything that Jake Barnes has found out from that point on, which could destroy Jake Barnes. Um, what's her name? Judith patterson yes yes and mateo and everyone involved in that whole thing because jake barnes has figured out like we're in a vr and um she goes and she calls renee and says hey i'm coming in with this evidence um so renee has a bunch of cops and drones follow her into the station renee or angie shows up at the station she gets out she sees a reporter there she goes here take this disc um if these people don't believe what i'm saying right you're gonna take this and i'll give you the passcode you'll be able to unencrypt it and expose everyone that's on this um if they believe me then you won't hear anything so she starts to walk away but then she stops herself and she says at, at the point when she handed the disc to that reporter, when she touched the skin of that reporter, she saw everything in that reporter's life. Like she had a child in a wheelchair that was having difficulties. She saw that person's husband who was belittling her and yelling at her and, and being a horrible person. And um, she stops herself and turns back and she, she tells the reporter, hey, your child is an angel on earth right now. So are you. And you need to believe that you put yourself in this situation because um, that person in the world that she's in right now chose that life to teach her things, to take out of the practice and bring it into the real world. She's trying to reaffirm her to say all these things. And that that reporter ends up crying. So she goes back and realizes she has these new powers, which is something that her mom told her she would have. So she goes in, walks uh, into the conference room with Randy and uh, Renee, and then Andrew Olson shows up. Right, and, so you're, we're basically in Pat Chapter th uh, Thirty Nine territory right now. Oh, my bad. No, no, it's all good because uh, it, it's you're going completely in order, which is awesome, with no notes. Quite impressive. I I just read it, and this is <laughs> this is fresh, um, fresh on the mind. So before we get too far, I wanted to read a couple of things that I had marked here because it's kind of right where we're at right now. It says, "Uh, this was uh, uh, Olson, I think my or Angie said." 
32 days ago, Steve Milton visited Jake Barnes in his office at Convergence to discuss a purchase offer for Mistletoe, Steve Milton's oh, software yes. company. He took his daughter, Claire, with him, and she yes. managed to lift the encrypted key drive off Barnes' desk while, the, while their backs were turned. Those 30 seconds of distraction changed the course of history. How much is up to you now? Then it goes... Um, yeah, that's what that's what Angie told mm-hmm. uh, Randy and Andrew Olson and Renee Dalton in and the conference room. And it says here, the data details a comprehensive conspiracy between Jake Barnes and Judith Patterson to control all virtual reality technology for personal gain. That alone is enough to end the governor's bid for the presidency. The drive I gave the media only contains information related to the governor. But the, this drive outlines why Barnes is so obsessed with controlling virtual technology. It's for your eyes only. So this is what you were saying, how she made copies of, of the uh, these drives and she gave one to one, one person. And she I think she says, if something happens, here's the other one or whatever. It yeah. was like, yeah. And then it says right here, uh, Barnes is obsessed because he stumbled on what he considers intro, uh, in, 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 in incontrovertible evidence that his uh that this world is actually its own virtual reality that we live in a holographic universe as speculated by numerous quantum theorists over the last few decades everything we see is fundamentally only ones and zeros in other words the whole world is dead heading without knowing it this fact exactly. becomes apparent in certain deep dives utilizing emerging vr technology if the world is essentially a program, that program can be hacked. Whoever hacks it will have more power than any human yet to live. And the last thing I have on here is it doesn't matter if Barnes is right. The, the only, only that he thinks he is. The best way to control advanced VR technology is to install a climate of fear surrounding that technology and then introduce legislation to regulate it at its highest level. Legislation that would forever that, or that would favor convergence. Yeah. Um, which is kind of just basically explains literally everything. Yeah. So she tells she tells all this to to everyone there. She tells um Andrew Olson, hey, you need to resign. Yeah. Um, so basically that that's where we, we leave off is they everyone gets exposed, really. Basically, yeah. At at that conference. So yeah, so chapter 40. Uh, what does it start with um i got i don't have a whole lot of notes on this one i just have randy and angie visit jamie in jail okay yeah so brandy and angie go to visit jamie um they go out to him and oh we forgot a big part the way that angie convinces um randy and andrew in the conference room she goes, you think this is real? She goes to a table and lifts up the corner like it's liquid. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Like a, a corner of like a desk and lifts it up and it's it's like it's liquid and then lets it go. She says, you think this is real now? But that that's how she convinces them. It like, totally reminds me of the Matrix. It does. Um. So then after that, they go to see Jamie in, in jail and she goes up to Jamie in his cell and she's talking to him. She says, Jamie, I figured it out. This is what you need to do. Basically. Um, she tells him 
you need to surrender wholly to the light. You need to become reborn. Uh, and I know that it's while you sleep. And at this point, Jamie's still in his, he, he's on the autism spectrum. So he doesn't, he doesn't realize at first what really she's talking about, but then everything she says starts to like jog his memory. And at this point, she's thinking like, this is my dad. I got to save him, you know, that type of thing. So she she tells him the whole story like, this is how I did it. This is what you need to do. And then Jamie's like, okay, okay, I got it. And then he looks at her and says, hey, tell my mom I love her. And they're like, oh, this is weird. But um, at one point to convince Jamie... Angie goes, hey, check this out, and basically takes the bars where she's talking to Jamie at from his cell and walks through them and then walks back out. Right. And he that that it, I think at that point he goes, Oh, everything clicks, and he's back to being her dad and knows, like, hey, this is really a virtual reality. I need to get out of it. And um so once he says, tell my mom, I love her, he goes to sleep and um, Randy and Angie are talking to each other. And then they notice Jamie starts like convulsing, like he's having a seizure and Randy's like, Hey, we got to go get the nurse. And Angie's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. And um, while this is happening, all of a sudden, poof, Jamie disappears. And Randy's like, what just happened? Or Randy, <laughs> Randy Brang is like, Brangie. <laughs> like Brangelina. Yeah. Randy's like, what just happened? She's like, don't worry about it. And Randy's like, we need to erase all the the video of what just happened. She's like, yeah, we'll do that. Don't worry about it. And I mean, basically, that's where where it ends up. Angie says, hey, Randy, you're you're gonna see the world in basically a whole new light. Yeah. That's that's the end of the book. That's pretty much how it ends. All right, bye. No, um <laughs> yeah, it, it's like when you said like how she said like you need to see the light and wake up. To me, like I in in Ted Decker books, I always try to like find parallels with with connecting to other books and biblical references. And so that this was right to me has a pattern of towards the end basically a pattern of the circle a little bit huh because it it's one reality versus the other mm -hmm. the the only difference is with the circle it's a lot more clear on which one is real and which it one is, is yeah um, this one right here and that's i think that's why he wrote the book this way is to make you think okay which one is real yeah um, because you know, is this is this a futuristic book or is this like a modern book? And then the virtual world is the future world. Which one's the present, real, current world? Um, and that's the confusing part. But like, like when you, there was the you saying how he said see the light and stuff. To me, like you know, with the butterfly seeing the light, I'm seeing that as being baptism. Um, I, I'm trying to find parallels with like biblical things, and so like you said, see the light everything so that to me that's like when you die everyone says go towards the light or whatever and, and, and then when 
he's in like a jail, right? So, and then all of a sudden he just disappears, right? So I look at that as being like a, and, and then Jamie is her father, right? So in the Bible, Jesus is our father and everything, and he's in a tomb and then he disappears, you know, from the tomb. So it's kind of, it's very reminiscent of, of kind of a same thing. Um, I, and I know there's a lot of people who are super religious by the book who have come out and criticized Ted Decker for this book and many other books that he's done. Yeah. But a lot, I mean, I guess, yeah, technically like this is the first adult book he's written in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does an amazing job of putting real world stuff into a book and basically putting it into layman's terms somewhat for people to follow and still getting across that message of there's salvation somehow. Could you imagine being a non-Christian just picking up a book like this or like the circle or any other book that he's written and at the end, not, and, and not the, thinking something. Yeah. Like say, say I wasn't a Christian and you were, and you said, Hey, you should read this book. And I read it. And you know, did you like that? And I go, yeah, I actually really like, say I read the circle. Yeah. I really like that. You're all, well, you would really like the new Testament then. That's like, what it is. I'm like, really? You're like, yeah, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John basically. I'm yeah. like, what? You're like, yeah, it, it, it's just told differently. Yeah. Um, in a in a fictitious area, but it, it's basically it uses the same concepts, so it's like a good like gateway thing for people who aren't really too into the reading the Bible. Which you know, I, I finished reading the Bible last year in its entirety, and uh, as as I was reading it, like believe it or not, the Bible gets out there a little bit more than Decker books. Like toward, in Revelation, it's it's different. One one parallel. I thought of Bible on this book, the two prophets. Yeah. What chapter was that in? No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Angie and her mom. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's when, when I read that said, and when her mom said, Hey, you have to go back into this world and be basically the spokesperson for this is what's happening. This is what we need to do type of thing. Right. That's what I thought of. Yeah, it's um, it, it's such a good book, and like I said, the mystics. So, so after reading that, I'm like, okay, so just that one part, I'm like, yeah, I really want to like go read that book now to figure out like the correlation to it, like Saint Sinner and Showdown, like th- those those are some good good books right there, and, and yeah. you really get like a um, like the bad guy in that book, his name is Marsuvius Black, and you're just like, which is kind of an awesome name, by the way. It is. Um, and, and so I, I, I literally like picture that guy as being like a cowboy looking guy wearing the, um, what, what do they call it? The, the, the big, uh, trench coat. Yeah. The trench coat with like the cowboy the, hat. What's it called? Uh, 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 there's a name for it. It's on uh, the tip of my tongue. Not a Stetson. That's it. Uh, I know. No, no, that's the hat. I, I, I remember, I remember this because Scott was talking about it. Okay. Google. What's an old West trench coat name? Duster. Duster. 
Uh, same duster. Time. Duster. <laughs> duster. So I picture him wearing like a duster. Yep. Uh, with a hat, but you never see his face. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. So he weird. like he like tilts his head down just enough so the cowboy hat is covering yeah. it. Yeah. And, and kind of like if you ever seen uh, Jeepers Creepers before you find out. Oh yeah. Beast, kind of yeah. like that when he looks and you're like, oof, oh, that's scary. And and but there's those correlations of these little these scenes in each uh book that caves and worms and the slime and then next book they're talking about caves and then um these things so i'm always looking for like correlations and stuff like that and it it always uh whenever i find one it's like a little victory for me i get super excited but um overall dude i really enjoyed this book um i listened to it once and read it once (laughs) i i did i just know Based on the ending, there's going to be a second book. Yeah, with with Angie in the virtual reality, probably paralleling her mom and everything like that too. And I I I thought that from the beginning, but it ended up way I didn't think of. But it's it's still really good, and I'm waiting for another book. Yeah, at first I think I was thinking it was just going to be a true crime. A true crime book, kind of like uh, Bone Man's Daughters, or is it Bone Man's Daughter or Bone the Bone Man Daughters? Bone Which Man's Daughters. So, so the Bone Man is plural. Bone Man's no. Daughter. No, Bone Man's Possessive Daughter. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, like something like that, uh, a priest graveyard and stuff like that. Like I'm like thinking it's it, it's more of like a, a, a like a thriller. And so like a crime thriller, then reading this, all of a sudden it takes a turn towards sci-fi. I'm like, ooh, okay. It went very uh, Blade Runner on me there all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I had fun doing this. Um, yeah. I mean, like you, like you said, I mean, it's very, very niche uh, podcast some people may not like it some people may just like hearing us talk about it because it's like hey i'm basically reading a book i'm hearing these guys talk you know um but highly encourage you guys uh pick up any decker book um i actually started with the circle series and it's Uh, the best series of all time yeah it's it's a really really good series of books it's not as long as like the left behind series where there's like 20 books black red white green yeah um and it 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 makes you think um it does sure. um so yeah so so like these will all get put out and then we'll uh wilson and i will sit here and we'll brainstorm on what book we want to do next i kind of have an idea of a book i want to read uh that's a little bit not off topic but we actually know the author and i think it'd be kind of fun to read that book and then oh yeah and then and then and then maybe have him on to talk about it. And especially um, I've been wanting to read it because I kind of live in the area where the book is based now. Oh yeah, you do. So um, it might be able to, um, while I'm reading it, go visit some places he talks about because I haven't read it yet, but I own it. So, but you know, this is, this is what we do. This is what we love to do. So yeah, but I had fun brother. Me too. So we, this is a good book. Go go read it. 
play dead and I, well I'll, I'll take a nice cool picture of it um and then i'll uh post it on the gram so people can see the, the cover yeah the cover is pretty cool what's funny is the cover it, it, it's it, the book is classified as a thriller mm-hmm. but it's play dead in red and it has a butterfly but you really don't know about the butterfly till the end of the book the end yeah yeah so when i was reading that i was like or when i first saw it, i was like oh, what's the butterfly about like i didn't know what the butterfly is about and then all of a sudden like it comes up like oh it makes a lot of sense now yeah i was waiting for it the whole time to like just kind of like okay I, like when's that gonna make sense and then it, it completely does but like what we said like some some of the stuff like in the past chapter we were talking about where you might have gotten confused we were too because this book it goes very intellectual at times yeah it does and i've had to reread a couple and it's not due to bad writing at all it's due to me being an idiot <laughs> ted decker is very good at researching everything about the topic that he's writing on yeah and it's it's amazing how minute details will show up in the in the books that he writes right and you would just read through it like oh like that's common knowledge no it's not ted decker went through like piece by piece everything he was writing ted decker goes into depth into the things he writes about he puts his whole heart into it and puts it on paper yeah it's it's one of like he's he's by far the best writer i've ever read before yeah i i i haven't read i've read many of his books not all of them you you've i think you've covered almost every single one i think yeah um but yeah i can't wait to do another one of his books again um maybe by the next time we we do this show after we do the next one maybe he'll have another new one out hopefully Uh, there there was one uh forbidden i think um which was that was like that was a series is that the one that was more like children of men type thing? It was, it was written with, uh, Tosca Lee. Yes. Yeah. Um, then there was that series that he wrote, um, the, uh, identity was the identity. The one where it was like the mental hospital. I think so. Yeah. That one was, uh, the water Walker or whatever it was called. I think was part of that series. Yeah. Uh, that was a good series. I mean, a lot of his books are in series. So some of them are, solo books um like priest graveyard adam and all that they're like solo books emmanuel's veins yeah but then you then you'll have ones like like the circle series the saint center showdown that are essentially they're, they're series books um but a lot of fun doing this man i got we got a lot of notes me too um i mean it'd be awesome dude if if, if this ever came across ted decker's lap and he heard it and he's like just put ted decker like 17 times in the title yeah and hashtag it maybe he'll he'll respond he'll reach out and then we'll have him on and just i'd love to talk about his writing process like yeah which which is good because he does every year maybe six months i can't remember but he does a a a writing like master class Yes, a class on writing fictional stories. And it's from what I hear, I haven't done it because I'm not a writer. I never will be. Um, but from all the comments and stuff that I've seen, it, it it's a good class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let us know what you think. 
um what you think of the show same uh, i think at the end of the show i think i put in all the information on where you could reach us um it'll be in the show notes for sure but uh let us know what you think of the sh- the show it w- like was it hard to follow um do you like it what could we do differently um help help us be better i guess yeah. um because we we really enjoy doing this and we, we will do this again but we want to um we would love it if you know we had people along for the ride i guess uh i think it'd be a lot of fun yeah um and our, if if you're an author and and you want a book uh that you think is up our alley which is basically what you just heard that's kind of what we like to read um and you would like us to read it and review it and talk about it man send it our way we'll do it yeah for sure so all right anyway that's all i got man that's it cool dude it's done it's over until next time everybody bye listening everybody you can listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, podbean amazon google play pretty much wherever you can listen to podcasts you can find us on social media on facebook instagram and youtube and you can also call and text us at 916-259-3030 or by email at the real show at gmail.com and make sure you listen to our normal show real wth show which could be found anywhere you can listen to the podcast thanks everybody